Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. Bible also talks about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do we just ask and God empowers us with love and boldness and, 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 and a, a reason to speak in a, in a world that doesn't have a reason. That's what a gift is. It isn't wages. It's a gift. So he says, all the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means or certainly not cast out. Isn't that great to know? You're home. When you're in Jesus, you're home. You always, sometimes we always feel like I belong someplace else. The only place we really belong is in Jesus. That's what makes the difference in our lives. So he says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of the Father who sent me, that all He has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up on the last day. Now this phrase, on the last day, is an interesting term. Some people believe on the last day. Well, if you're into uh, soul sleep, which of course the Bible doesn't teach that, that might be implying sometimes towards the end of the millennial reign of Christ. Some people, which I am one, believes the last day I'm here is the first day I'm there. Some believe the last day could be speaking of the last day of the old covenant where it was through the blood of bulls and goats your sins were covered. Never completely forgiven, but they were covered. And then because Jesus died on the cross on that last day, into your hands I commend my spirit, it is finished, to lest I, and Jesus dies, granted all of us eternal life. Well, he says, Jesus doesn't want to lose any of us, won't lose any of us. There's an old song years ago by the 77s called, You Can't Run, You Can't Hide from the Hound of Heaven. God will chase you down. That's why a backslidden Christian is never happy. You think, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, you know, party on the side. I guarantee you're not going to be happy. Why is that? Well, first, you know the world is a lie. With all of its glitz, lipstick on a pig, It's still a pig. But you're not happy in Jesus because you think in some way God would shortchange you. And this is a bad understanding. And this, I believe, is a lack of understanding who God is through His Word. Again, the more you know God, the more you trust God. The more you know your friend, the more likely you are to loan them some money if they need it. You don't know somebody, you're not going to lend them any money. You ever tried to get a loan at a bank? They ask you every question in the world. Why? Because they're trying to get to know you. 
What's your credit score? That's what they want to know. Well, somebody's done a lot of research on you and me to find out what that is. Well, why is that? Because if we know who they are, we know their spending habits, we might trust them with a loan. You see, if you spend time knowing who Jesus is, you've acquainted yourself with him, you're going to then know who God is. And by knowing who God is, you can trust him. You trust who you know. That's why when we get together on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or listen on the radio and you you acquaint yourself with Christ, why is that? You get to know your Savior. You get to know how he works. See, that's one of the problems I had in my Christian experience. Is for a long time, I had my concept of how God was going to answer my prayer. Well, God, I ask you to do this and this and this and this, and I got all figured out how God's going to do it. And then God goes, I ain't going to do none of that. <laughs> God does it his way. I like that. Because that means that God is bigger than my little peanut brain to figure it out. By the way, friends, some of our problems are so big, we don't know how to figure it out. Ain't you glad you got a God that's bigger than your problem? Amen. Prayerfully today, you got a big God. Because if you got a little God, you think God can't do much, then maybe in your life he ain't. Because you're not expecting it. And when you're not expecting it, there's no faith. And when there's no faith, everything comes to a screeching halt. So, what does he say? I've come down from heaven not to do my own will. Ooh, boy. Well, that was for Jesus. That ain't for us because we're still here to do what we want. No. When Jesus taught the disciples to pray, what did he say? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That would be a prayer, along with give us this day our daily bread, that God, I want to be about your kingdom today. That's the only thing that's really going to satisfy. Everything else is going to leave us wanting. Why? A couple of reasons. So you know this. You were designed by God. Nobody has ever been here like you. I repeat this all the time. Nobody's ever been here like you. Nobody will be like you here ever again. You are unique. You're not a cosmic mistake. I know colleges and high schools tell us that lightning hit a swamp and here we all are. Cosmic mistake. It's an absolute lie from the pit of hell. And just as God uses two ears... Two eyes, a nose, and a mouth, and makes every one of us on this planet look different. You've got an individual calling on your life. And if you do anything less than being about your daddy's business, you're going to find a cheap, meaningless experience in the long run. Again, I go into yard sales, and I stop by secondhand stores. I use this illustration over and over again, almost to the point of making you all very sick. But when I see a trophy in a box with a bunch of other junk, half-used suntan lotion and other things, anything in box, a quarter, and here's a trophy, I go, boy, oh boy, ain't that just speaking of what life is? If you achieve the wrong goal, you have a trophy worth a quarter in a yard sale. You wonder why people are, are, are 
unhappy with life. Now, when you stop to think of this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said, I didn't come to do my will, I come to do the will of the Father who sent me. You are designed by a God of infinity to do greater things than what, first of all, I can ask or think. Second of all, if I do things that are less than God wants me to do, it's never going to amount to anything. And I'll be frustrated because I'll see my life as a life that was missed. Do you know how many people that you and me come in contact with every single day that live their life in remorse and regret because of the way they've lived their life? How about you? How about me? I think about that. And you know, if it wasn't for the love of God, in my life, that I know that God can take whatever train wreck I have done in my past. I got some good ones. God can change that and make that wonderful. Why is that? He's bigger than the things we've done wrong. He's bigger than the things that we've done wrong. But people of the world don't have that hope. That that they have done wrong leaves a scar so deep in them that they can't recover from it. That's why they get loaded. That's why they get stoned. That's why they're in therapy. That's why they're they're on Dear Abby. That's why they buried themselves in the eye net. I'm never going to get that close to people ever again. Yes, I'll go out to dinner with you and we'll sit across the table from each other. But I'm on my iPod. Hi, what would you like for dinner? Uh, Yeah, I'll have a hamburger. I don't know what she wants. Is that a way to live? Why do we do that? You know, when you really start, and objectively, this is what's great about a Christian. We can objectively look at life. Now, this is what they try to do in colleges. But the problem is they're lacking the perspective of God. And so therefore, well... As it says in Ecclesiastes, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. You say, what's that mean? For nothing, for nothing, all is for nothing. That's what they teach you. So then what's the conclusion of it all? Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Well, there's a big problem with that. Because the problem, it never satisfies the soul. So, what do we have? God's will is that he loses none of us. You know you're precious to God. He loves you. I, I know why he loves me. I don't know why he loves you. <laughs> Just kidding. No, you look at that and you're like, God, in all my problems, you still love me. And God says, yep, I'm stuck to you like glue. We're going we're gonna to make it. You're going to make it. You began a work, God's going to see you through. That's just the way God works. Verse 40. And this is the will of Him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him may have everlasting life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. You know, the last day of our lives is something a lot of us don't think about. Until you're in Idaho at 20 below zero and you're scooting down on the 
road backwards on the ice in your car. Then you think, well, yeah, okay, this could be the last day. I don't know if you've ever been and had what's called a near-death experience. But they are real. Where you've been scared to death. I remember one time, I was about 13, 14 years old, and I was hiking with my cousin down in the canyon at Twin Falls. And there was a really good fishing place that you had to go around to get where the spring water was coming out. And I remember this cliff was right straight down, and we're walking on the edge, and I'm looking over. And I was from California. I didn't do this kind of stuff, okay? Beach, sand, that's me. Okay. And he said, grab the weeds, because in case you slip, you can pull yourself back up. And I thought, that sounds stupid. But I thought, you know, there ain't nothing else to hold on to here. And I grabbed those weeds. And so I grabbed one hand of weeds, and I grabbed the next hand of weeds, and I was hand over, hand over, and then I slipped. And I remember hanging off those weeds. And I pulled myself back up, and I thought, had he not said that, I'd be dead. And it scared me because in the first time I think in my life, I realized I could be dead. Now, of course, I drive in Twin Falls, so we all have that experience hourly. Signaling right, turning left. Blue Lakes at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, you fill it in there. But the point is, real death experiences can and do happen. We don't know. That's why we have to be ready. Every person, you have a God that's big, that is good, that loves you. And on that last day, that day we close our eyes here, we open our eyes in heaven. You'll realize that you made the best investment in your life. You see, God gave us all a great gift. He gave everybody a great gift, life. And so I go, well, God, what do you want to do with what I got left? And God says, we begin today. Those things you did wrong in your past, all things, the Bible say, work together for good to those who love God that are called according to his purpose. If you're called according to God's purpose, you say, well, I don't see how any good could come out of that experience. And then you end up sitting down with somebody and sharing that experience with them. And they see how God brought you through it, even though we goofed up and they go, wow, there's hope for me. Isn't that something? How God does that? Only God can take something ugly and make it beautiful. But he does that for every one of us. Opens the horizons of our eyes. You know, the Bible says, before we come to Christ, we're in blindness. After we come to Christ, our eyes are open. Why is that? Because we see the world through God's eyes, God's potential, rather than our own. This morning, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, you're, you're living your life in the past. You're, you're a broken washing machine. Wish it would, wish it would, wish it would, wish it would. God says, that don't matter. I can do great things with you right now if you're willing to let me. Now, 
All that come to me, he will in no wise cast out. Question, are you willing to come to it? Pretty simple question. But, you know, it's amazing how many people won't. Why? I'll do it myself. You ever had a kid like that? Honey, let, let me show you how to do this. No, me do it. I'm experiencing that. <laughs> me do it. And, you know, I, I think God probably looks at us and goes, Ooh, that's going to hurt. Why? Because there's a way. And there's two ways to learn. You can learn from listening to your Heavenly Father, or you can learn from your own failures. And I'll tell you, it's a lot easier to listen to what Daddy says. This ain't going to come out good. Oh, well, God, I got it under control. And we end up splat. And God says, all that come to me, I'll know why it's cast out. Come on, let's fix it. The prodigal son's the greatest illustration, I think, in the Bible. This kid wasted it. Wasted half the inheritance. Comes home. Comes to his senses. Says, well, even my dad's servants are treated better than I am. Maybe I'll go home. I mean, this is a Jewish boy eating with the pigs. <laughs> That's rock bottom, okay? And we find he comes home. The Bible says something real weird, and a lot of people miss it. It says, and while he was yet a long way off, his father saw him. Why did his father see him? He was looking for him. He ran to him, put a robe on him. Evidently, he came home in his fruit of looms. He put a robe on him, put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. This guy was destitute and welcomed him back as a son. I love that. God's bigger than the things you and me have done wrong. Live in that. See each other in that. Every day is new. That's what real friends are. You know, the Bible said a friend loves at all times. I like that. That means that the motives are right. See, the problem is here, they, they had wrong motives. They were coming to Jesus, and they were even trying to manipulate him into, well, you know, we had manna every day. Uh, how about that for a miracle? We could make you king, and you could just give us food. How's that? Jesus said, look, you can have your belly full and miss the whole thing. Letting God be God. I just want to encourage you this morning. Let your light shine. It's a dark world. It's getting darker. Whether you like it or not, if you call yourself a Christian, you are shining brighter every day. Because the world is getting darker. They don't have answers. They are hopeless people. That's why they're getting stoned out of their gourds. They're unhappy. People say, well, is it all right for me as a Christian to get loaded? My question is, why? Because you don't need to be altered to be happy when your sins are forgiven. You see, why do I need to try to escape? Why do I have to learn to curtsy to the crowd when really all I need is God's kiss on my head and saying, you're my child. That's all you need. And that changes the way we see life. Friends, it changes the way we see each other. 
And it's really what really makes the family of God. Not Costco with a cross. It's what makes the family of God. When we see each other in the light of Christ, every day is new. It's the way I I want God to see me. That's the way I want to see you. You see, there come times in our lives when we'll have to run to Jesus. Never be scared of that. You know, the devil comes along and says, Oh, God would never have you in his presence ever again, you low-life scumbag. You can't even look up to see down. You're lower than a bug's belly. I don't know what the devil tells you, but... God says, I love you. Picks you up, dusts you off, Says, oh, those things you did, I'm going to use those. Eh, they left a mark, but I'm going to use those to help others. And then God sends us back and says, okay, be about my business. This morning, if you've never received Christ, if you're tired of living a lie of sin, I mean, I mean, you, you've lived, but it keeps going back to, to emptiness. You need to have some real food in your life. You need to have the bread which came down from heaven fill you up so you won't be taken advantage of anymore. The Bible says if we'll repent, that means ask God to forgive us and a desire to turn away from the way we lived. Just a desire. The Bible says he'll change our lives. He'll born us anew. All things pass away. Behold, all things become new. We see different. We see life different. We see each other's different. But most of all, we see ourselves different because we see God different. No longer an enemy of God, but now a friend of God. That's what makes a difference. But what do I got to do, God, to get right with you? I mean, how much good stuff do I got to do? God says, just believe. Believe the Father has sent me. Can you do that? Yeah, I can do that. I can believe. I don't believe that you exist, but I believe, because I know even the demons believe, tremble, make them right. But believe that, that, that the Father sent me to heal me, to heal you. Ah, that's good. I need that. If you need, if you need to be filled, you need to be healed. You need to have purpose in your life. You need to have direction. You need insight into your life. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I ask you to forgive me of all the foolish ways I have tried to make my life mean something. I ask you to give me that hope that comes from you every day. I want you to open my eyes to the reality of life. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. I don't want to sin anymore. I want to be about your business. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. You took my place. So now, let me live each day in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on It's Time. As Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store. 
or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.